Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I am the film critic for the website Quipster.net. You can find almost 3,900 of my written reviews at my website. Quipster.net is where to go. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. Before I get started with today's review, I just want to mention that this will be the last review that you hear from me for about a week. The reason why is because I will be marrying my lovely Sarah. And we will be in Las Vegas, and I will be playing some catch-up when I return. So hopefully you won't miss much in terms of what's out there in the box office, but I do promise that I will return, and we will get to some of the new reviews. But before that, we have one more review to do, and that is The Girl on the Train. It is the latest thriller mystery. It is R-rated because of violence, sexual content, language, and nudity, and it runs an hour and 52 minutes. The cast includes Emily Blunt, Haley Bennett, Justin Thoreau, Luke Evans, Rebecca Ferguson, Edgar Ramirez, and Allison Janney. The director is Tate Taylor, and the screenplay is by Aaron Cressida Wilson, who is adapting the novel by Paula Hawkins. The Girl on the Train has been greenlit, one might imagine, to capitalize on the success of David Fincher's Gone Girl, because this is another literary adaptation of a popular domestic thriller And it's this adaptation of the 2015 novel that became an instant bestseller and spent 15 weeks at number one on the bestsellers list. As I've often stated in prior reviews, thrillers are a director's medium, and the best of them are usually helmed by visionary directors who've fine-honed their craft for many years. David Fincher is such an example. The Girl on the Train's Tay Taylor, unfortunately, is not. In this film, Emily Blunt stars as lonely, alcoholic divorcee Rachel Watson. Rachel spends part of every day commuting on a train, looking at the goings-on in a couple of homes that happen to be along the suburban New York route she's on. One of these homes happens to be her former residence, where her ex-husband Tom, who Rachel has yet to get over as evidenced by her persistent drunk dialing and drunk texting to him, he's inhabiting Rachel's former abode with his new wife, Anna, and their newborn child. Just down the road a little bit is another home, where Rachel spies another happy couple, Scott and Megan Hipwell. Rachel is so full of envy for these loving couples that she becomes a consummate train wreck. She drowns her jealousy toward those living the perfect Stepford-esque life that she once had with bottles of vodka. It causes a lot of paranoia in here, blackouts, and otherwise erratic behavior in Rachel. When Rachel sees Megan with another man, and then Megan goes missing, she thinks that she may have a clue to what may have happened to her. So Rachel ends up getting involved in ways that make her a potential suspect, or perhaps a potential target. If only she could remember all of the details through her drunken blackouts. Now, as you'd likely expect from a thriller that involves a protagonist with a faulty memory, there's going to be more than meets the eye in terms of the explanation of the mystery at hand. While there is still a mystery at hand, the girl on the train maintains a modest watchability. Even if it isn't always clear what the motivations of any of the thinly defined characters are, it's something that the plot uses to its advantage in terms of keeping us guessing. However, once all of the pieces end up getting put into place, the more the implausibility of the entire premise seems to grow until it's revealed that there's nothing to the story other than to keep you guessing. And once revealed, it devolves into a standard thriller with no real investment in seeing where things lead for any of the characters beyond that point. Now, if there's any theme to the film at all, it's perhaps that the lives of others are far more complicated and perhaps far more dark That's something that's dealt with so brilliantly in Alfred Hitchcock's masterpiece of the pleasures and also the dangers of voyeurism in 1954's Rear Window, which the girl on the train seems to resemble in a certain respect, except without 
the wit, the suspense, or the clever storytelling. What works so well in Rear Window is that the film is largely enjoyable on many levels just beyond the main mystery. And that mystery doesn't even kick in till halfway through, but we're invested in the light romantic comedy vibes of that story. And the mystery is just another way to intrigue us. But where Girl on the Train fails is that its only hook is the mystery itself. Once you figured it out, whether through your own guesswork, which I will say is not as easy as you'd think, given that the film cheats in what it shows you, as well as how unreliable the narrators end up being. And if you don't end up guessing, maybe you just wait for the actual reveals as they come. Once those happen, all intrigue ends up dissipating into thin air, much like the memory of the movie will do not long after you leave the theater. Now, while the actors perform within the confines of their thinly defined roles well enough, and the mystery at the heart of the soap opera story does offer a modest intrigue, ultimately, the less-than-enthralling delivery by Tate Taylor and his inability to use the music, the tempo, the editing to generate proper suspense, as most really great thriller directors would, it forces us to look to that whole riddled plot and these characters who have to behave in a determinedly irrational fashion at all times for that plot to work. This lack of our investment as viewers results in an ending that generates very little of the sizzle that one would assume the ending should have from the titillating buildup, and it ends up being a flaccid sequence of events that exposes, ultimately, just how hollow this shell game of a movie is. Now, for those who like trashy thrillers, perhaps you'll find something to treasure in The Goal on the Train. But for those hoping for repeat pleasures of Gone Girl, this one, unfortunately, is just trash. I'm giving two stars out of four to The Girl on the Train. Two stars out of four means that it's lacking something vital that keeps it from being a worthwhile film for most people. And what it's really missing here is compelling direction that would really wrap us up into the mystery at hand, reveals that need to be generated through that editing, that music, that kind of crescendo that usually you have in a really good thriller, and it just doesn't happen here. And while there are some flaws to the story, and also the characters are not really defined in a compelling fashion, you know, most thrillers don't really give you rich characterizations or a lot of nuance. You know, usually they're just mounted to get you hooked just enough into the intrigue, and then it uses cinematic techniques in order to build up that tension until you get to a fever pitch. If you want to see a good example of how this is done, it's Gone Girl, which is just as sensational as what you would find in The Girl on the Train, but it ended up being so much more compelling because we were much more wrapped up into the story in a spellbinding fashion from the hands of David Fincher. Tay Taylor, unfortunately, just doesn't have that gift for this genre, and it leaves all of those holes in the plot all the more glaring. So two stars out of four for The Girl on the Train. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the review. If you did, and this is your first time listening, I hope that you'll click the subscribe button. And if you've been listening a while and you want to support the show, you can go to iTunes and leave a review or go to patreon.com slash quipster and leave a donation. Thanks, everyone. Until next time, I hope that you enjoy your time at the movies. And when you're not there, I hope you get to spend your time with your loved ones, as I will do this upcoming week with my beloved fiancé, soon-to-be-wife, Sarah and my soon-to-be stepdaughter Lily. 